Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. For our longtime listeners and fans, you are very familiar at this point with what our mission at Jew in the City is. We are here to break down stereotypes about Orthodox Jews. We're here to tell the stories that traditional media never tells. Um, they say that man bites dog is not a story, but dog bites, sorry, dog bites man is not a story, but man bites dog is a story. And unfortunately, so much of the headlines are of Orthodox Jews doing um, non-Orthodox things that we never tend to hear about all the positive, happy things that go on behind the scenes, behind, uh, you know, in more in the, in the quiet spaces of the from world. And that was really what we were founded to do. Now, the thing about being a source for positivity, something that I never actually planned to do, is that you end up dragging out or bringing out the people that had a different experience that you did. And so while Baruch Hashem, we've had many Jews uh, connect to their Yiddishkeit in a very positive way, from completely secular, beginning Torah journeys to people that were religious their whole lives, feeling proud and more invigorated in their commitment to a life of Torah and mitzvot. We've also heard from people, and not a few people, we've heard from many people who had a different experience, who had a negative experience, who had a dysfunctional experience. Um, and at first, I didn't quite know what to do with the people that reached out in these ways because I wasn't sure what's their agenda, you know, kind of where is this coming from. And sort of over time, and I think it's a sort of a process of maturation, I learned that there unfortunately were situations in, you know, certain parts of from life and certain parts of the from world where things could use improvement. And ultimately, I think, you know, the ultimate Kiddush Hashem that we can make, since really our goal with Jewish City is making Kiddush Hashem, is to recognize where we have shortcomings. And ultimately, the goal is to connect Jews with authentic Judaism. And sometimes um, things are not authentic, even though they're done sort of in the from space. And that takes a certain amount of honesty. Um, and it takes guidance with, you know, trusted leaders. Um, and that's sort of where our mission has grown into and expanded into, not simply telling the positive stories, but also looking for ways to maybe fix some of the things that are causing some of the negative headlines. And in the last few years, we have gotten into some advocacy work, some stuff more behind the scenes, some stuff, you know, with rabbinic leaders, um, some places really of highlighting areas where we see some negative either feedback or headlines happening again and again, and then wondering what can we do as a community to change what's happening right now um, so that Jews will actually get to experience Torah as it was meant to be. And then ultimately the headlines improve when uh, the dysfunction, uh, you know, starts to go away. And so a space that I got into um, kind of accidentally several months ago was the, the Kala training space. I noticed a comment on Facebook um, from a woman who had mentioned that she had gotten some bad information in Kala classes. And I started to reach out to my network of Kala teachers. And I found that Unfortunately, um, it seems like it's getting better now, but in eight, the eight years and above, there was, people got married eight years and before, there, there was, unfortunately, in too many cases, some information that was given out where um, intimacy was given over in, in more of a harsh way, in, you know, not uh, sort of well, what I learned, what so many people that I, you know, normally interact with would say is the, the right hashkafa of positivity, of the holiness of the mitzvah, um, of this being an enjoyable uh, part of one's life as opposed to uh, something that one must do or even maybe more of a sinful idea. Um, I was frankly surprised because I had seen negative headlines 
lines where it was reported that there was repression and there was a negativity in the Orthodox community. And, and I didn't believe it until I came up close to people and then experts in the field that told me that um, there was, in fact, misinformation going on. Some of it still continues today. And so anyway, we're working now with some rabbinic leaders um, in the Haredi world to address this and sort of figure out how we can do some retraining and some re-education. And I have to tell you, I am delighted with how much positivity um, and really um, the people that I've been in touch with now are very quick and interested to make things right. And it, it makes me feel so good with all the, the negative stuff that I've heard about and read about to see people who are in charge of things interested to make changes where they need to be made. Anyway, sort of as part of this journey, um, I was introduced to an incredible organization um, that I think everybody needs to know about. And we have the founder or the co-founder, because he did it with his wife, um, of an organization called Taharenu. Um, with us today, his name is Rabbi Melber. Um, he is a square chassid, originally from Muncie. He now lives in Israel. Um, he's a member of the Women's Health Council in Israel, has a master in leadership from Bellevue University. And um, we would love to hear from him today about this uh, amazing organization that he and his wife built. Rabbi Melber, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you and good morning. Um, so if you could give us a little bit of a background on um, I guess, you know, you grew up square, you grew up in Muncie. I think for a lot of people, they might have an idea that it's not a typical thing. And since we're talking about the intimacy space, um, that, that's what your organization is related to. How does, um, you know, a nice Hasidic boy get into, um, into this space? Like, it's not the most typical thing. So kind of what, what's your journey that brought you into dealing with uh, marital intimacy and, you know, being involved with women's health? Yes, as I was uh, studying in my rabbinical uh, studies for a couple of years, and I uh, was about to become a rabbi in New York, I decided to go to uh Lund University here in Israel to take some courses and some classes on the topics of intimacy dysfunction, um, just to be able to be a practical rabbi and to be able to be a chosen teacher to help people uh, towards their beginning of their life. And the more I went into this topic, obviously we saw that uh, the information is very, very advanced technologies and methods and medications and information which is not really accessible to an average person in the Orthodox, for sure not in the ultra-Orthodox community. This topic, as a, from the nature of the topic, is very sensitive and always used to be taboo. And the fact that we have no built-in education system for young couples to be updated with the right information made it, made it very difficult to the couples that I saw in that, uh, that year. So we decided really um, to open the doors and to take the information that we have gained and not only to provide it to different communities, but rather to turn it into a global uh, organization so couples from all over the world, uh, from all different types, can gain from this information. Now, when you were interested in uh, becoming a chassan teacher, had you come across couples that were having issues in their relationship that you felt like, wait, I need to get more information, I need to become more of an expert in this field, I'm getting questions that I don't know how to answer? 
That's right. Um, I took some classes, by, as I mentioned before, at different colleges and universities, but at the same time also by different uh, teachers. And uh, as we took these classes, we came up with examples of what's going on, and especially after I started myself to teach some uh, uh, some younger Hassanim towards the Hassanim, and uh, we realized that there are issues that people are faced, and they have no answers to that. And when they reach out to the people who are in charge to help them, it might be doctors or psychologists or uh, other experts, in many in many cases, they were or missing the cultural sensitivity, so people cannot relate to them, or given uh, very old-fashioned information and not suitable, or very just ineffective uh, um, solution. This is was that was actually the main reason why we decided this is a field which was never touched yet, and we need to jump in and to really uh, have it make a breakthrough. So what is the exact mission of Taharinu, and what services do you provide? In fact, Taharinu uh, is standing for empowering women with the goal of impacting the families. So the topics of OBGYN, which includes all the topics of contraception or intimacy or infertility, and mainly Tahara, Tahara is a mishpocha, when people have challenges, and the challenges can make them obviously very confused, stressful times, and uh, put really uh, families at uh, even at dysfunctional stages. So the idea is of the Tarenu to have the most advanced information ready for the families, so the families can have access to the most advanced information and even get guidance, the practical solutions, and it's done by a group of over. 45 trained-in women who are experts today, trained by over 200 hours by the top doctors in the field of, as we mentioned before, OBGYN. So these are these are experts in the field of OBGYN. So it would include fertility and different things related to what may what make might make a woman not tahor. And for our listeners that are not as familiar with uh, the laws of family purity and mikvah, if a woman um, is bleeding and can't stop bleeding, that would keep her and her husband separate for a longer amount of time. Um, was that when did this organization get founded, and um, was there any pushback that you're sort of going into a taboo subject and we can't we can't do this because it's not modest? Right. So uh, the organization actually is now over seven years, and uh, yes, it's, that's true. That when we started with the concept, we looked into more do it in a professional level, uh, which is not so common in the ultra-Orthodox community. So we focus very much on myself. I got a degree, and I went to, obviously, to learn uh, over two years of health promotion to understand really how we can make change. My master's is in leadership, which is in about to do change, and that's obviously how I uh, took the skills and the information to try to have a model of uh, health promotion to focus on uh, prevention level rather than just helping people when they're already suffering the violence. Because you know what? If you have a lady who cannot reach the um, Harris or have 
having major challenges, in many cases, she will actually be, be, be in the suffering stage for a couple of years until she will have the courage and the, and the access to the right uh, address where to reach out. So we do also focus, and that was actually the beginning, to do a lot of education, as you mentioned in the project, to re-educate college teachers and leaders in the communities, including rabbis and even doctors and nurses and medical staff, to have the right cultural sensitivity to open topics like intimacy, like contraception, and other topics, no BGYN, which is not the typical uh, topic discussed in our communities in an open way. Now, how do you handle, um, you know, there's certain, when, with matters of halacha in general, there's different um, opinions in different communities, and there's going to be different rulings depending on, you know, which rabbi you go to, which community you're part of. So how does an organization, I imagine that you, you see yourself or, you you know, you serve the spectrum of orthodoxy. How do you handle questions about contraception or even, I guess, different things that might be permissible in terms of intimacy? How do you handle It's a pretty big thing to handle when people are calling up a hotline. What, what do you, how do you handle that exactly? Yeah. So uh, that's actually a very uh, crucial point. And that was really surprising that right from the beginning, when we started up in America, from uh, Rabbi in New York, in other states, Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky, Rabbi Shulbelsky, Rabbi Brocha, Rabbi Heschel Schechter, Rabbi Miller, and Matthew Solomon in Lakewood, and many other hundreds of rabbis from the Hasidic community, Sephardi community, Yeshiva community, modern Orthodox really from all over the state and even around the world, um, not only agreed, but rather were happy that finally will be solutions to save marriages and to save families. Um, I have to say, they were not really surprised by the problems. They knew about the problems. They would never dreamed that that will be an uh, out-of-box of, out solution, really how to change around the whole thing and never imagined that there, there is today so many different solutions for so many different challenges in our community. So I'm to add to that, you know, when I published my first book on the topics of contraception and infertility for the Orthodox community, that was about six years ago, I was uh, appointed by the government of Israel to get a prize of the year. And that was the first prize we got from the government of Israel. The second one was in the Knesset two months ago, and that's really because of the outstanding very unique work that we do on topic, which is uh, very unfamiliar to the community. So uh, I'm saying, like, so you have, Baruch Hashem, you have um, support from a wide range of rabbis, but well, when someone calls up, they're not getting a, a, a ruling of Jewish law exactly, meaning like what, I guess what questions could a person, just because if we have listeners, and I would love for you to also give the hotline information for anyone listening that has, uh, you know, anything they'd like to talk about. What questions could you ask, and are you being answered, you're being answered by a doctor, or being answered from a Jewish perspective, or a combination of both? Like, are you then told, go to your rabbi to clarify this point? Like, I, you know, this is obviously um, <laughs> a topic that we can't get too explicit in, and yet I'm also trying to figure out if we can get some more information so people listening can understand how this might benefit them or, you know, what the the hotline uh, offers to people calling in. Right. So uh, the hotline is really a 
stores this information, and this is not really doing any um, service of rabbinical service. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's not replacing doctors, either a bunim. So all the rabbis in the communities are still needed to give all their uh, rules uh, regarding this topic. And this is why we continue and actually doing the whole time uh, conferences with the rabbis to update them, also from a medical perspective and also from new uh, advanced technologies. At the same time, the most important point of the hotline is really to empower the woman so they can communicate very effectively with their doctors or the local experts and also to know really when is it a question to go to the rabbi, what is the question, and if you go with the clear information, so then the question will be easier answered. As well, they will be referred to some rabbis who are experts in the field or to doctors uh, who are in the different uh, uh, specialties. Um, yes, we do have a major network from uh, different specialties today in medicine. As you know, medicine, like other topics, is divided by specialties, and OBGYN is also divided in a lot of specialties. And this is actually the reason of the challenge, not only in our communities, but also in the general public, that people can go to a regular GYN or OB and uh, being confronted with a topic like intimacy dysfunction, not necessarily that their expert, their doctor, will have the information on this specific uh, issue, and they might actually refer them to some other services in the same hospital when, at the time the, uh, the technologies and information is much more advanced than they have over there. So this is where we come in, that so we have gathered and we do a lot of research. We attend conferences all over, all over the world regarding the OBGYN topics, including the family life of uh, the topics of intimacy dysfunction. And together with the halacha and with the cultural sensitivity, we are definitely delivering this information in a proper way so women can have access, the women can benefit, so they can really be empowered and Obviously, the whole family, when there's a healthy mother and a happy mother, there's absolutely a happy family. So to clarify, this is only a hotline for women. I'm saying, let's say there's a man that has a problem in terms of dysfunction with intimacy. Could he call for help, too? Or that's something you want to grow into? Or So we have a small unit of men we can choose in the hotline to speak to the man. When the main hotline... And the general options are mostly uh, done by women, women advisors, since the topics of OBGYN as a nature is more questions for the woman. And in fact, this was uh, a request from one of the rabbis in New York, or Mishtaris, to make it more comfortable so people can also get emotional support because it's anonymous and free hotline, so people can actually feel very comfortable to speak a woman-to-woman service rather than to have it with the rabbis. But if someone in men wants to speak to a male advisor, there's an option that he can choose. Okay, so a person could call, so if there's a physical dysfunction within intimacy, if they um, are maybe halachically infertile, which for our listeners that uh, aren't familiar with this term, um, the bleeding is continuing during ovulation so that they're not able to get to the mikveh in time in order to, you know, uh, get pregnant. Um, and contraception in general. Is there any, you keep mentioning that there's a lot of breakthroughs in terms of medicine. Is there any examples that you could uh, give to us that that's a breakthrough in medicine that would be appropriate to talk about? 
Yeah, I will choose actually uh, the technology, which is called CN Suite. CN Suite is uh, a technology available today in America and all over the world, but it's definitely, you know, a very advanced method how people can benefit when they have, like, different growth inside the uterus or different problems inside the uterus when, and the old stages, or 10 years ago, they used to need, they used to do on that a proper operation, a spectroscopy operation, so today they don't need operation anymore, and it can do, be done in a clinic rather than in a hospital, and uh, this is something major, but, uh, you know, people can choose to uh, take care of issues in a very easy and effective way, and it can also, in a way, clean up, they can get a cheap Sahara much quicker, if it's after a baby, if it's the age of premenopause, whenever there's any uh, anything inside the uterus or a growth or leftover of a uh, miscarriage or anything like that, and with um, that treatment of CN3 um, is a major major breakthrough in the medicine world. And on the topic of uh, breaking down stereotypes about the Orthodox community, which we do here at Jew in the City, um, have you had any interesting interactions where you're, you know, involved in women health-related uh, conferences, and people are surprised to see, you know, a bearded Hasidic Jew uh, in in this uh, in this world? Yes, in fact, I was last year, but uh, I was invited to the ASRM. Uh, medical conference in Baltimore with 12,000 doctors and uh, really to go around and see doctors from all over the world but to be one of the only Jews in uh, such a crowd of thousands and thousands of doctors as people you know were very very interested to know what we do so yes our profession and our specialty is health promotion uh, we are not a doctor but uh, definitely to interact with uh, doctors all over the world that was a major, major experience. And do you have any th thoughts about, you know, we talked about that there's no, I mean, in my kids' school, actually, they do have, um, in fifth grade, they give them a, you know, a session on their changing bodies. And then in eighth grade, they talk, you know, they give, you know, nothing too detailed, but they do get a talk on intimacy. But I, I don't know if this would ever happen in, you know, more right-wing parts of the Orthodox world. Is there anything that we can do um, to better prepare our Hassan and Kalas for marriage and to be, you know, ready in case any problems arise, to know how to get help, to recognize a problem? Like what, if you had, you know, unlimited funds and resources, what what would the dream be in terms of trying to fix? Um, because I think that these problems exist everywhere, but we do have this idea of the classes before you get married in this in this topic. So, have you thought about like what the dream would be to try to be able to um, educate about the problem before it occurs? So uh, definitely the research done in different places and around the world proved that most people, after being married for a few years, from inside the ultra-Orthodox communities mainly, uh, were not happy with the training they got before they got married. Mm -hmm. That's because the training is a very minimum training done by people who mean good, but they never really got a professional medical training. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the number one project. If you want to work on the level of the health promotion level, which is in focusing really on the prevention and helping people not only when they suffer, you can call the hotline, 
but rather to be educated in time and at least to know on time when it is something which they need to reach out right away for help. It's really the college teachers and the husband teachers to be much more educated with not only the typical information they know, but rather all different difficulties people might, uh, be, might be uh, challenged and what's available today, be uh, educated about the new information in this field and so on. Because this is something that I'm discovering right now, um, that there's really no like standard of chassan or college teachers in terms of a curriculum or in terms of, you know, sort of some messaging, both in terms of, you know, hashkafa philosophy and also in terms of preparing people for problems that arise. People just kind of get recommendations by, oh, um, you know, my friend went to this person or my cousin went to that person. And no one's really, you know, we, we have like hechsherim on our food. Um, and this is you know, such an important uh, part of our lives, and yet it's kind of going around with no um, no supervision. So, um, you know, as someone that wants Jews to connect to Torah authentically um, and not have, you know, these different problems arise, um, it seems like this is really uh, where we have to go next in terms of, uh, of information. Um, we have just a couple minutes left. Um, would you be able to share with us some you know, any stories or kind of any feedback you've gotten from uh, from families that you've helped? Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is uh, the good side of the Tarinum hotline, that we get a lot of very positive feedback. And um, we just had lately a couple that uh, was married for six and a half years and having intimacy dysfunction and tried different experts and reached out to different rabbis and college teachers and even medical experts, but not been referred to the right direction that they needed. All the, uh, all the methods they tried did not make almost uh, no, no, no difference. By the time they reached out to us after we had a MAGA event of the thousands of ladies with uh, some power to women and we made a lot of awareness, that was about a half year ago, they were referred to different new, very new advanced methods, which includes today uh, the example of the laser treatment, which is a English-European technology available today in America, and uh, they have uh, experienced this laser treatment for a couple of months, and in the thank you letter they wrote to us, uh, they describing that after six years, finally, they got married, and they can have relations, and they can have uh, uh, the happy life which is the goal of the whole marriage. And that was that, that type of thank you letters, this is really the most inspiring thank you letters that we can get. You know, couples that, that are on the stage are suffering really in silence. The parents don't know, the friends don't know. As the topics are sensitive, nobody really around them besides the experts are not involved. But in many other cases, couples like that will unfortunately be um, in the first stage divorced. Uh, before they even know and have a chance to reach out. So uh, seeing such a thank you letter uh, that we have saved the marriage and uh, now they're fully functioning and having a happy life, this is really uh, what gives us the power to go on and to change the community to a better future. Amazing. Kola Kavod. Um, and in our last uh, 30 seconds, can you tell our listeners how they can reach the Taharenu hotline or, um, you know, get more information maybe if they want to bring 
some people in your organization to speak in their community so their rabbis can be retrained. Right. In fact, uh, I will finish up to say that we are opening now a new big branch in New York, and that will be uh, with our partner, Rabbi David Parkfeld, with uh, a group of doctors. And uh, general, the hotline number to reach us is the local number, free phone number in America and Canada. That's one eight five five. For Tahara, that's 482-4272. Again, 1-855-482-4272. And if you are listeners from around the world, we have on our website, tarenu.com, all the numbers in all different countries. Okay, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for the great work. And thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.